the articles of impeachment have been delivered. We will get into that today on the news and why it matters. It was a very somber, sober occasion, unless, you know, you're Nancy Pelosi and then nothing is a sober occasion. Also, the uh, GAO report says the Trump administration violated the law in withholding the uh, funds for Ukraine. We'll get into that. And, of course, the hot mic audio between Grandpa Bernie and Focahontas. Got a lot to get into in case you haven't noticed, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Chief Researcher of the Glenn Beck Program, Jason Buttrell. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Thanks for having me. He looks really enthusiastic. He's like, <laughs> more impeachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I know you're not enthusiastic, Jason, to get into impeachment because uh, before we got Again. started, he was like, oh, I don't want to talk about impeachment. I'm like, cool, we're just leaving the show with it. So thank you. Uh, we've also got Luke Macias, political consultant, Luke Macias, and also back with us, a double dose of Peter Hassan, author of The Manipulators, which you can pre-order on Amazon right now. Go do it. It's about uh, big tech and the censorship of conservatives. So, I mean, kind of affects all of us. So you're going to want to go read that. Uh, Before we get into the program, we would like to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Uh, So a famous movie villain once said, introduce a little anarchy, upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. And I think we've, uh, we've seen lately, truer words have never been spoken. History has demonstrated this truth repeatedly, you know, whether it be a stock market crash, a terrorist attack, maybe the power goes off longer than expected. These things can happen without warning. And when it's breaking news, yeah, you can't prepare by that point, because then it's, you're already at an emergency and you're scrambling to, uh, to you know, get what you need, get out of town. You gotta avoid that chaos. Here is one thing you really should do, build an emergency food supply. Now, I'm not a prepper, okay? I'm not a prepper, I'm not Glenn Beck, all right? I still, though, believe you need a couple of weeks of emergency food to get you by, throw in your car and go. Uh, you can get started with a two-week food kit. This week, save 40% on these food kits when you go to a special website. It is preparewithglenn.com. These kits include breakfast, lunches, and dinners. They last up to 25 years in storage. They come in this really easily, uh, you know, you can store it very easily in this box, and they arrive to your door with guaranteed two-day delivery. So you can hope that nothing in the next two days happens that's an emergency because you won't have it yet, but you have to go to preparewithglenn.com right now. Save 40%. That is preparewithglenn.com. You don't want to get stuck in the moment without your emergency food supply. Uh, so the impeachment articles have been delivered. Uh, as you will see, the, uh, all of the Democrat managers walked them over. Well, uh, most of them walked them over. Jerry Nadler kind of waddled them over. Um, <laughs> but the rest of them walked over the articles of impeachment. Very, very somber, uh, momentous occasion. I'm sure that they were very upset to be uh, to be doing that, um, Jason, did you see Nancy Pelosi? I know you said you you're like ugh impeachment. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But did you see Nancy Pelosi? Uh, all of the pens that she used, um, her somber appearance when she was uh, was signing it. Did you see that? It was heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I almost did not make it through because right? it was like it was like that scene in Up. You know what I mean? We were like. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you know, you lost her. You know, I I didn't make it through that. Almost didn't make it through this. Yes. So uh, as you saw on the program yesterday, we uh, we showed Nancy Pelosi making her speech, talking about how this was. What did she say, Peter? It was it was not partisan. It was not political. It was just patriotic. Basically, the opposite of of of, of how she portrayed it by by essentially having like a post game celebration. Afterwards. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. You know, if it's a truly somber occasion. You shouldn't be tre- treating it like, you know, it's the locker room right after you won the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Which is, kind of Which what is they did. Ex- yeah, exactly what they did. Uh, so here is Nancy Pelosi signing the articles of impeachment. As you can tell by the look on her face, she is taking this very seriously. Watch. Oh, so she's painful. grinning. So painful. She's well. I think she's <laughs> smiling to hide the pain. <laughs> is, I think what's happening. That's coping she, mechanism. You, you laugh so you don't cry. All right, that's what was going on. Uh, meanwhile, I know uh, Chief Justice Roberts was, you know, swearing in everyone. He was sworn in, uh, so we've gotten that out of the way. And Representative Jerry Nadler made a statement that um, the Democrats are prepared for Hunter Biden to be called as an impeachment witness. But, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. He said any witness who has information about whether that is true or not true about uh, the allegations is a relevant witness. Anybody like Hunter Biden, who has no information about any of that, nothing to see here, is not a relevant witness. Uh, Any trial judge in this country would rule such a witness as irrelevant and inadmissible. (sighs) If... Oh. Okay, sorry, I have to cut in there. If, <laughs> and only if, the narrative is as the Democrats say it is. Only if. Well, right, but they've already painted that as fact. Right. And they, that's, what they're, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to direct say, it. Well, I mean, obviously, we've already proven in our, you know, sham of an investigation that this is fact. And there's absolutely no other reason that Trump would have wanted to withhold the aid. Right. Therefore... All of these other things that Republicans are trying to like say, hey, guys, this is we should probably look at this because this is kind of uh, some context. None of those apply. Right. So so if you if you want it, you, so what they're going to do and what they have been doing is they're saying this is just a, a big diversionary tactic. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to focus on the facts that we've laid out that are truly factual lies and everything. Just trust us. Um, if they want you to focus on that and not the um, predication for why did. President Trump asked to know about investigations. Mm-hmm. Now, if the investigations are purely based off of a political, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, a preliminary strike, mm-hmm. you know, to knock out Joe Biden, which hadn't joined the campaign at the moment, then this that that would look kind of fishy. Unless you know, and there's only you know you know exactly probably where I want to go with this, but I can't say yeah. yet yeah. because but unless you know what Hunter Biden in the case with Hunter Biden. The, and his involvement with Burisma and all that, where it leads to eventually. I do know. But in, in, if you know that, that's kind of the Rosetta Stone for knowing, gosh, I'm so going to get in trouble by the boss. If I can't <laughs> to go. But it happened on my show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It doesn't matter. This is the tease for what you guys are you going to see. to get the subscribers. <laughs> it, it, is, it is no wonder that Hunter Biden... You know, they don't want Hunter Biden to be called. It's Let's the center say. of everything. It has nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. I'm going to shut up at that. Okay. <laughs> so, Luke, uh, it seems to be that the uh, the thing that they say is the diversion is just, you know, the Democrats 
diversion, right? They're saying the Republicans are diver are the ones that are doing the diversion, and that's actually the, the diversion, if that makes sense. Let me just show you a flowchart right here. Thank you for that. Uh, so Jerry Nadler reminds me, his sense of justice reminds me of like eight-year-old me when I would tattletale on my brother and go to my mom. And uh, I had two brothers and, and four sisters. Most of my tattling was on one of my two brothers. And I'd run up to her and say, you don't understand what Caleb just did. You've got to punish him. And she would go, okay, well, let me go talk to Caleb. And I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you don't want to <laughs> do that. Trust me. I know how bad. I'm just telling you, it's horrible. No need for additional questions. And like that to me is Jerry Dadler right now, right? He's like, here you go. Well, what about, ah, <laughs> we're somber, we're crying, we're so sorry it happened. Just convict him. <laughs> Just, it's amazing to watch. It's yeah. strange. I mean, both Nadler and Schiff were, were, you know, made managers. Now, I don't really know all the rules, so I probably shouldn't even talk about it. But can managers actually testify in the Senate impeachment trial? And that's, or are they protected from that because they're managers? No, I've seen that question raised. And what I saw, if the reporting was correct, was that Schiff was going to act as a manager and a witness. And a witness. Yeah, which that's why the, the question was, how is this even legal and or something that they're going to let happen? Especially if you're going to go down the lines of, you know, the, the whistleblower. Mm -hmm. like, that, that is a huge, if, if credibility in a court means anything. You've got to answer that question that's already been reported in places like the New York Times. Yeah. You've got to answer the fact that, look, were you in contact before he even made mm -hmm. this, uh, th this, uh, this complaint official? Right. Did you help him find these lawyers right. that are ridiculously biased as well that said that, they're, that, uh, that the coup was on? I think that was a direct quote, wasn't it? The coup was the on? The coup was on, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. Peter, um, I feel like with Hunter Biden and I, it's like this common theme with the Democrats that there's just they don't allow context. There's no context allowed. You can't call Hunter Biden because that would give context. You can't. I mean, like it, everything they do, no context. We're just going to take something uh, and assign our own meaning to it and rewrite history. History didn't happen until Donald Trump became president and yes. no context allowed. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, um, by you know, demanding the Senate hear all these witnesses, this is what Democrats are opening themselves up to. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, if if they had had taken a longer process in the House to call the witnesses that they wanted right. called now in the Republican-controlled Senate, they wouldn't have to be you know having these conversations. But because they rushed through impeachment, yeah. and now that they're demanding Mitch McConnell give them everything they want. Guess what? Cocaine Mitch doesn't play that way. You know, <laughs> you know if he, he one side's going to come out of it, you know, it, it's not going to be something where, where only one side is going to get what they want. Right. Yeah. And, and if they, they thought they had something explosive, they would have called them before, which they um, they all know that they don't have. There's also all this stuff with uh, with Parnas now coming out with the text messages and that memo. and so They know exactly what he had before, but they decided not to put it in the official, you know, you know, batch of evidence that they submitted. Why? Because he's full of crap. Parnas, just a yes. reminder, Parnas is the guy that lied and said that um, Nunes was meeting people in Vienna and getting secret information, mm -hmm. he, which he completely destroyed that. And now Nunes is suing people over that. Mm -hmm. He's suing a lot of things and animals and stuff like that <laughs> uh, lately. But even still, the guy's a liar. He is not credible at all. He'll say anything, whether it's on Maddow or whether it's on... Hannity, well, and, that, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, it's interesting that they knew that he was not a credible person. And now all of a sudden, Rachel Maddow is like, oh, please come on my show and give us the scoop since you are so trustworthy. Uh, funny. 
how funny. that how, how that how they kind of flip right there when there's something he might say damaging. I love her big scoops. Like that that, that that last night was a huge scoop. Oh, yeah. You know, and you know the president's tax returns from 1942. Huge scoop. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, stop the presses. <laughs> Shut up, Rachel. Uh, while we're on the subject of impeachment, not a great time for this to drop for the Trump administration. The new government accountability office memo just released, uh, just as articles of impeachment are being, of course, transmitted from the House to the Senate, says that the Trump administration violated the law by withholding aid to Ukraine. They said uh, delaying aid to advance a policy agenda rather than for programmatic reasons is illegal. It read, faithful execution of the law does not permit the president to substitute his own policy priorities for those that Congress has enacted into law. Jason, what are your thoughts? Crazy statement. So, so the president is, by law, able to do things like that? Like if Congress passes, we're going to give, you know, a gazillion dollars, you know, to the island of Guam for mm-hmm. who, so it doesn't tip over. Then, um, but, but then the president finds out that there's some corruption there and, uh, you know, he wants to stop that for a little bit. Well, he can do that because uh, there's, there's a, what was it, the Impound, Impound Control Act. Impound Control Act, yeah. Yes, he can do that under that act. Now, them wording it that way is so odd. Because they're basically talking Democrat talking points mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. They're saying, yeah, he did it for political purposes. Right. And again, if you they haven't proved that, they haven't proved that. You don't know the context, which the Democrats would call a diversion. Right. But um, but no, but it's that's context. The actual diversion. <laughs> yeah. Calling it a diversion. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I took I took huge uh, I, I took huge offense to them actually, call, you know, just falling in line and saying, yeah, what they're saying is right. That's They're, they're supposed to be completely um, impartial. They're not doing in that case. But again, I can't stress enough, once you find out what actually is involved with stopping that aid and what it's tied to, Hunter Biden, um, <laughs> then you uh, did it again. You're supposed to stop me in these things. Um, <laughs> Keep going. Just have it right down. That's the whole scope. Do it. Jason. Keep me in check. Tell everyone. Um, but then when you find this stuff out, you, you realize that it's not political at all. Yeah. Um, Luke, the Office of Management and Budget, who, of course, was the office who withheld the funds, yeah. obviously disagreed with the assessment of the GAO report. They said that uh, OMB uses its apportionment authority to ensure taxpayer dollars are properly spent consistent with the president's priorities and with the law. Who's right here? I feel like the report that was put out essentially said, if Trump is guilty, then he's guilty, right? I mean, then to your point, they basically took the Democrat talking points Mm -hmm. and said, we've decided he did do what Democrats are saying he did with no additional information. Mm -hmm. They didn't come out and say, we have found this line of evidence that leads us to believe that it absolutely happened. They just came out with this general finding that said, we believe what the Democrats are saying. And so is that accurate, Jason? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I will say that it doesn't matter because if they say it was against the law, you can't, there's no crime that you can punishable off of the impound control. Which is, that's that's total government bureaucracy. Like, well, you violated a law, but don't worry. I feel like this is just just another reason for us to believe that the deep state is a real thing and that there are Washington bureaucrats that have been there far too long, that have far too much power. Peter, last word on this. Well, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind as we see Democrats kind of pounce on this. Well, the, 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 you know, GAO said he violated mm-hmm. the law, so impeach. That same office also found instances of the Obama administration doing illegal things. You know, yeah. with, the, with the the you know the, the Bo Bergdahl prisoner mm-hmm. swap, they found oh, the Obama exactly. administration violated the law. 
I, I must have missed that impeachment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's I, that's I so weird it. because I did too. <laughs> a lot of people did, apparently. Did you sleep through World War III sure as well? Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, all right. We've got Bernie and Elizabeth's hot mic moment. I have a lot to say on that. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Yesterday, we uh, discussed the awkward moment where Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren had this tense exchange at the end of the Democratic debate this week. And the New York Times had an article that said, well, this is what we heard happened. And Elizabeth Warren was very mad that, you know, Bernie basically called her a liar on TV. And that's what the conversation was about. And then we had the hot mic. Oops leak from obviously CNN, which was who was holding the uh, the debate. And here is, it's pretty similar to what was leaked, I'll give them that. Uh, here is the, the exchange that happened between Sanders and Warren. I think you called me a liar on national TV. I think you called me a liar on national TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it now. I don't want to get in the middle. I just want to say hi. Bro. Yeah, good. That's my favorite part. Okay. It's Dyer. That's my Steyer's favorite the, part. He's such a boy. Dyer, that is the biggest takeaway <laughs> from this clip, is that Steyer just outed himself as a Bernie bro. I thought he was going to like, try to exchange jerseys yeah. or something yeah. like that. No, I thought he was going to be like, can we take a selfie? Yeah. Bernie, can, I just want to get a selfie with you. Will you Will you sign a, a body part, please? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that was weird. That was a weird moment for Steyer. But I have a lot to say about this, but as a host, I'm here to get your opinions first. Um, Jason, what did you think of that exchange? Oh, gosh. Who came off looking good, if anyone? Uh, well, Bernie. Uh, and I totally believe Bernie on this. Mm -hmm. I do not believe Elizabeth Warren. That's what's so hilarious. First of all, how insufferable is CNN on this? They yeah. manufactured this thing from the get-go. Yes. And this was just oh, a part of it. In cahoots the with the Warren pro campaign. Warren probably had an earpiece. And they were like, all right, Elizabeth, move in now. You know, and I'm sure I wouldn't, that would not surprise me. Mm -hmm. So this is absolutely ridiculous. But why is it, this is so hilarious? She has no credibility whatsoever. How many lies has she been caught in over this election? I mean, and since before the election. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. lies about her heritage, lies about getting fired over being pregnant, mm -hmm. lies about everything. Lies this about her son going thing. to public school. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've lost count. We're running out of fingers. So this is, I mean, who cares? Lies every time she says uh, that taxes won't go up on the middle class for all of her plans that are going to cost the taxpayers gazillions more dollars. Luke, what was your take? Um, I can't remember which French author it was that said that hypocrisy is the compliment that vice pays to virtue and um, there you go and and he the point being Elizabeth Warren is convinced that calling people names is a really bad thing and she's highly offended at it but she thinks that her being called a liar is somehow offensive and yet her calling Bernie a sexist bigot is completely <laughs> appropriate and so this is just kind of revealing to us just how hypocritical she is and um, you know she had a bump in the polls leading up to this debate and I'm really interested to see if the Democrat primary voters decide to reward mm. her behavior mm -hmm. or whether they actually take her back down to the low teens where, where she was prior to the last week or two that she saw a rise. That is a great point because, um, Peter, I look at this. I feel like any sane person looks at this and they're like, she is such a freaking fake. Mm. Are the Democrats going to zero in on that? You know, I, I honestly don't don't see how she comes out on top of this. You yeah. know, because as we were saying, she does not have great track record, even an okay track record of credibility because right. she's lied about so many things. 
And so if you're really going to try to capitalize off of a he said, she said, you have to have some credibility. Mm. And Bernie, you know, he's a socialist, but God love him. He's always been a socialist. Right. You know, and so at least he's proud of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's like, hell yeah, you're going to pay more in taxes. <laughs> he didn't Come tell on. you. I, I don't care. <laughs> so, so it really was just a, a strategic error. And then, you know, uh, to add one other thing, we were talking yesterday about, mm-hmm. you know, if this was orchestrated or not. And I think given off what the sound was, it was definitely orchestrated because she knew the mics were hot. And any candidate knows the mics are going to run. And so it really, really was orchestrated, but also just strategically pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, You know, you said, obviously, you would know if you are a candidate on that stage. You Mm -hmm. know how it works. You know the mic is still on. She's been doing this long enough. Mm -hmm. She knows that her mic is still on and CNN is still getting all of the, uh, the, the audio that, is going on at the moment. You also see her turn to Bernie. And I mean, I keep thinking, if it were me, do you want the whole world to see that moment if you're genuinely angry about being called a liar and you know you're not one? Or do you just like, okay, I'm going to avoid him. I don't want to look unprofessional in front of everyone. I'm just going to avoid him and, you know, I'll deal with it privately. She chose to turn to him and it was like she was seeking him out. She walked over to him so that he could extend his hand so she could have that big moment where she was like standing up to the man. And it was so inauthentic. I can't see how anyone could view it as real. But Bernie had already denied it. Mm-hmm. So she knew what he'd already said this. Mm-hmm. So there's she knew what his stance was. She knew that he'd already said in print media, mm-hmm. you know, that no, I did not do this. So I mean, it's not like she was all of a sudden shocked on national TV that he denied it for the second time. Right. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind this was a total and complete setup. If you're Elizabeth Warren, I mean, if you ever if you're thinking about voting for her, mm-hmm. what is appealing about someone that her entire shtick is just playing the victim? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's either playing the victim that she's a minority. Yep. It's either playing the victim that she was pregnant, playing the victim that whatever, pick your thing, and now it's playing the victim because, you know, all those, you know, dangerous men don't think that a woman can be I'm sorry. A victim, woman like victim, you, victim. he shouldn't be president. That maybe that's what he said. Well, actually, Elizabeth, uh, maybe a woman can be president, but I don't think it should be you. Nikki Haley. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, it's like I don't think that America as a whole has a problem with a female president. It's just that we keep getting these candidates that are like Elizabeth Warren. They're so stereotypically what people think is bad about females. They're manipulative. They're conniving. They're petty. They're dramatic. I mean, she went for this big dramatic moment. I'm like, that doesn't look good. Americans don't want to be told who to vote for because of who you are right. or where you came from. I, I, we want to be told to vote. We want to vote for you based off of what you represent, yeah. not because of who you are. I think Amy Klobuchar actually is a much bigger threat. I've always said that if she were to ever get the nomination, yeah. because she has that appeal regarding her personality. And the New York Times did polling six, seven weeks ago in all these swing states when Elizabeth was underperforming all the other candidates. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to make it sound like a sexist thing, but then it came out that a lot of the people that are voting for Bernie and not her are women. Mm. And they kind of came out in one of their conversations when they were digging through the crosstabs. So it's just a major Warren problem, not a woman problem. All right, we have got to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh. Hey, before we go into overtime, Peter, tell everyone uh, where they can find your book. So you can find it Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. It comes out in two and a half weeks now, and it, it really is just an important story about how all these big tech companies are really pulling the strings behind the curtain. And um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the material we have in there. We have you know, exclusive interviews, exclusive documents. 
and it really, really just pulls back the curtain on a lot of the nefarious activities going on here. And uh, I hope, hope you check it out. Not, not to scare you, but uh, it's kind of terrible. Yeah, you should be scared, <laughs> but it's necessary to know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, got a new video dropping tonight on Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. You can find it on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Overtime starts next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. We have an exclusive up at theblaze.com right now. Uh, The feds, at least three departments are uh, reviewing what could be the worst ever crime spree by a U.S. elected official. And drumroll, please, it's Ilan Omar. Yay! Uh, so these federal departments include ICE. And again, you can find this story up at theblaze.com. But uh, the Department of Justice had assigned an FBI special agent in charge to review Ilan Omar's uh, spree of felonies from 2009 to 2017. And uh, a Minnesota state rep had previously filed a complaint on the matter with the Minnesota District of Department of Justice. That office directed the FBI to review the complaint. And uh, apparently, this is what we know so far. The FBI has taken additional steps since this meeting that happened in October. Uh, They stated that the wide range of criminal activity suggested by the evidence against Representative Omar may lead the FBI to expand the review to other federal departments. And uh, let's see, it has been expanded to the Department of Education, Inspector General, and Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. Uh, I mean, it was about time, right? I I know! It's it's amazing that it's gone this far with this amount of information. They're doing an impeachment right now on far less information than than what they currently have. That's a great point. Um, Absolutely ridiculous, but the problem is, so there's a ton of circumstantial evidence on this. Mm-hmm. But it's the problem is it's all circumstantial. Now, it's enough circumstantial information for you to go, okay, I totally 99.9% believe that that's what happened. Yeah. She married her dang brother, yep. and she committed immigration fraud and everything. For that. What, what was it to get, uh, to get him into school get him. and all that stuff? The problem is, is that she almost pulled off the perfect crime because she was in a war-torn country, civil war, was in a refugee camp. There's hardly any way to track this Unless yeah. I don't, no one's. I don't think any of people over there are going to consent to any kind of, mm-hmm. you know, DNA test no. or anything. But I don't see. I mean, my prayers are with them. I hope they nail this chick. But I, without something like that, I don't even know how they're going to be able to do this. Yeah, uh, Luke. I think it's astonishing that Jason would criticize a woman of color. What do you think? <laughs> it is. It's highly offensive. I criticize yeah. you all the time. What are you talking about? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I bet you he also. Before. <laughs> he probably doesn't think she can ever win to be president <laughs> either. So I bet you. Wow. He is Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, <clears throat> I mean, it's funny because. The left tries to paint us as these tinfoil hat wearers, you know, Alex Jones conspiracy theorists when we're like, yeah, but Hunter Biden and Burisma and Joe. And then we're like, yeah, but Ilan Omar. And she's like, but look at all of the things that happened. She married and then she divorced and then she married a brother and then she divorced him. And then she like, it all adds up. Yet we're painted as the conspiracy theorists for bringing it up. I feel like the further left the left goes, the more like your crazy uncle Southern Baptist 
is very accurate. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing in these <laughs> situations where it's just going, look, where there's smoke, there's fire. It gets worse and worse. And we're not Alex Jones, but, you know, he's making us all sound a little more sane. So. It's, it's, the thing is, it's kind of like a suit of armor for her, yeah. you know, because it sounds yeah. so crazy. And they yeah, can right. easily call right. us conspiracy right. theories because they're like, what? No, like that right. sounds insane. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when, when these reports first started coming out, it actually led to indictments in a court. It actually led to her being charged on campaign finance or tax evasion. Was it tax, tax evasion? I thought it was campaign finance. Tax charges, it, was, it, was, it was campaign finance and it was tax uh, <laughs> problems that she had to pay, end up paying back. Yeah. So this information where it began has already nailed her and dinged her for, for certain things. They just won't go that extra mile because it gets very, very cray-cray mm -hmm. the further you go along and mm -hmm. harder to prove. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of amazing with as flawed of a politician. She, she has so many, so many flaws. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. But given how, how many skeletons she has in the closet, that her party really makes her, like, up front, in front of the mm. cameras. Yeah. Not only her party, but, you know, the, the mainstream media. And yeah. that, it's going to backfire pretty spectacularly. Well, what I don't get to, um, I mean, to that point, is how... Did she get through the vetting process to become a candidate? Well, the, the, I think the media had a big, big, big thing with that. Yeah. And I know that there was a lot of outside pressure within the Minnesota media because mm -hmm. they weren't doing their job at all. And I, I, I actually call, again, put the full hat, Tim full hat on me, but I think organizations like the Muslim or the uh, CARE, uh, mm -hmm. they had a big, big, uh, you know, sway in pressuring a lot of the uh, newspapers and local outlets and saying, hey, Leave her alone, you Islamophobe, or else. Right. Yeah, and you know, I think the entire Ilhan Omar, all of her different scandals, really, really makes the case for conservative media over and over and over again that they're the ones investigating. Right. What the other outlets are really too too scared to probe because they know, you know, you 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 look like an inch past her resume yep. and you're called an Islamophobe, and then yep. that even when you know the outlets have just covered it in passing her. Nuts. Mm -hmm. um, Conservative so, blogs brought this mm -hmm, up. Exactly. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gotten dinged for the tax stuff. Exactly. And conservative and, blogs. Mm -hmm. And so, thank God for you know conservative blogs and conservative media. Otherwise, people would be completely, completely in the dark about this. Mm -hmm. Good point. Well, but at least we have mainstream media covering every single Trump tweet. Yeah. Because what would Scoops we do? We wouldn't yeah. be able to like go on Twitter ourselves Did you and see read tweet it. today. Yeah. No. In all caps. I just got impeached for a perfect phone <laughs> call. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. It was so awesome. Uh, uh, <clears throat> oh my god. I wish you I mean it's funny. But I still wish he wouldn't say stuff like that. Like, have, no one says I had the per it was the most perfect phone call in the history no, of phone calls. No. It obviously was not, and you shouldn't have done it, but it's not impeachable. It's funny Why can't we just agree on that? It's funny because he almost sounds like he's bragging in the tweet, like, I just yeah. got impeached. I don't know if he's trolling or what at this point. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Oh, I think everything he tweets now is just a troll. <laughs> everything he tweets now, I think, is strategic. Yeah. I think. I, I mean, know. you know, you don't think of him as a strategic type person, but I think he knows exactly what he's doing whenever he tweets. He knows who he's going to set off, and uh, he knows who is going to maybe show their hand mm -hmm. whenever he sets them off. I don't know. That's just what I think. Uh, all right. Moving on to the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is in trouble in Virginia. Uh, gun rights advocates, including there's militia groups, there's just regular everyday citizens. There's a bunch of different groups joining together. Um, they are planning a lobby day rally on Monday, Martin Luther King Day, to block gun control legislation backed by, of course, uh, Governor Blackface Ralph Northam. 
and uh, the Democratic-controlled state legislature in both chambers. Now, Ralph Northam was like, I, we don't want any of you crazy white supremacists who obviously you guys are the only ones who like guns, so we don't want you guys to mess anything up. Uh, he called an, a temporary emergency banning all guns and weapons from the area around the Richmond Capitol ahead of this demonstration for Monday. Jason. I'm terrified. Uh, if it, it always starts, and we know this is what they all want anyway. You know, mm -hmm. they want to go towards a full-on ban mm -hmm. of, you know, of private ownership of guns. Mm -hmm. Fully believe that. And it starts, it's, I mean, they're taking great strides in, in Virginia, a place that can be copied, you know, and uses case law all over the United States. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm worried about, when, when is this, Monday? Yes. I'm worried about Monday. Yeah. I really am. Because it, it always starts with, I mean, that's how Charlottesville started. You know, a few yeah. groups, they had a little while longer to prepare. But once you start getting some of these out-of-state groups going, there will be, you know, when the president said that there were good people Antifa on both sides. And Antifa is showing and up. And Antifa. Yeah. When yeah, the president said that there was good people on both sides, he got criticized for that, but he wasn't wrong. Yeah. There were people, that were, there were First Amendment people mm -hmm. that were just there for free speech. And that's what they were concerned with. But there were some really bad people there as well, mm -hmm. on the left and the right. But those bad people on the left and the right are going to be in Virginia, I have no doubt. Well, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, and I think it's important to keep in mind that the people to blame for this are Democrats mm -hmm. in the state. Because what happens when you try to crack down on people's rights mm -hmm. is, is people you know, flaunt those rights yeah. to make a point. Yeah. Because Americans don't like back. being told that they can't do something. And yeah. so when you tell them we're coming for your, your guns... It's like, guess what? I'm going to walk over to the Capitol with my gun. Yeah. And so if, you, if, if Ralph Northam didn't want people coming to the Capitol with guns, he shouldn't have started coming for people's guns. Right. Mm -hmm. I will say uh, I do want to put a little bit of blame on the Republicans in that state for not going out and voting. Mm. I mean, how, how do they allow this to happen? That's what I keep wondering. I get I got it. It's Virginia. But, I mean, to allow all, like both chambers plus the governor all to turn blue, they knew what, what they were up against, right? They, Ralph Northam was not shy and bashful about saying, if we win, I am coming for the guns, I'm, I'm doing full gun control, I'm going to do all these things, and I guess Republicans didn't take them seriously and stayed home. I don't know how else this would have happened. Um, but Luke, you know, Northam used the Charlottesville attack that Jason mentioned, Northam used that rally as a reason for declaring this emergency gun ban. My thought is, there, it was a car that they used to kill the, the woman in Charlottesville. So yep. how does that logically make sense at all? Yeah, I feel like one thing we all know is that anytime a gun is involved in a Democrat, irrationality will rule the day, right? And so if they're, they don't actually understand the logic behind firearms, self-defense, mm -hmm. Second Amendment, any of these things, the only good thing about Democrats being as aggressive as they are is one that the people of Virginia realize, oh my gosh, this isn't just about health care or anything else. These people really are coming after our fundamental rights and that at least people in Texas and other states where Democrats are making aggressive plays can see that, yes, if you give the Democrats power, they actually have an agenda and they want to pass it. And I've said this before and I know everyone agrees, but 
Democrats are much more serious about passing their agenda than Republicans are yeah. most times, right? They get in power and they go, we have a mandate, we have something we believe, we want to make it happen. And Republicans too often are getting elected and then pulling back on their agenda. You, so let me ask you something on that. Do you think that's because Republicans um, take for granted the fact that most of the things that they want is just to keep the freedoms that we already have, while Democrats want to actually rein those in and take them away. So Republicans are like, what we want is just to maintain the status quo so they don't feel like there's any action that they can take because we already have it, right? We already have the Second Amendment. We already have the First Amendment. We already have these things. But Democrats want, they're the ones who actually want to take it away. And that's why they're more reactive. Uh, what do you... Like, how do you make sense of that? There is. Why is it that the Republicans so I, are not active? In yeah, that? I feel like there are two sides to that, and I'll, I'll make this brief, but part of it is that it's conservatives are conservative in our nature, right? Mm -hmm. We're slow to change, so mm -hmm. we're not as progressive. We don't want to just ram things through yeah. all of the sudden. The second thing is I think there is, there has been a shift to where in many states Republicans are more worried about pushing the Overton window and that it might end up losing them their power because it does over time. But the reality is that what Democrats have done is when they have the power, they advance their agenda, they lose their power, and then they come back and guess what? Obamacare still law of the land by the time they get their power back and other things are. So they've realized that you take the wins and then you lose in the long run. Many Republicans get in power and they just go, man, I'm so glad that I'm popular enough mm. to be in power and I don't want to disrupt the apple cart. So I'm definitely not going to pass the agenda that I believe in. Mm. Makes sense. Uh, moving on to trade. Yesterday, the U.S. and China formalized a limited trade deal that uh, signals a pause in the, gosh, I can't believe it's been almost two years, almost two-year trade war between wow. the two of them. Wow. It was called the Phase One Agreement, and uh, it calls for China to boost its purchase of U.S. goods and services by $200 billion over the next two years, including $32 billion worth of agricultural products. Mm -hmm. China also promised to undertake a series of changes to address U.S. concerns that it forces American companies to turn over their technology secrets as part of the cost of doing business there. Mm. It also puts in place a system for resolving trade disputes between the U.S. and China. I mean, I'm sorry, China. What do you think, Jason? <laughs> uh, service level, everything you just laid out, it, it sounds like this does not only just sound like a win mm -hmm. for President yeah. Trump. It sounds like he drove his 4x4 into Xi Jinping's like, front lawn, did donuts, and then toilet papered his house. That's what it sounds like, because we didn't give up anything. They gave up everything. Yeah. Surface level. Right. I, will, I, will, I will, you know, you know put a, a heavy he can't be. He that. can't be too optimistic, all right? He's yeah. got to throw a little pessimism in there. Well, Tell us, Jason. So, well, I mean, there's still about $300 billion, I believe, uh, in tariffs that, that have to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how serious China is with that additional, you know, with the rest of their concessions. The, 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 I am full-on libertarian as far as, as far as trade. I want fully, fully free and open trade. China has always been that sticking point to me where I've been like, oh, but what they're doing, I want something done. So I have conceded I'm willing to go towards this trade war route if we can fix this. The problem is they did do the, the, the technology uh, transfers, the stealing yeah. of our intellectual secrets. Yeah. They made strides towards that, but no laws were changed. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like a pledge in this thing, yeah, we're not going to do that. But this is, that's what scuttled the deal, what was that, a few months ago when everything mm -hmm. fell apart, was we said you have to change these Chinese laws to make that illegal so you can't steal our crap. Mm -hmm. They weren't willing to do that. Now, they're still, I don't think they're still willing to do that. Yeah. So we just gave them a little bit. We signed this deal. Now the question is for phase two, will they go the rest of the way? I don't think they will. Mm. This does not change the fact that in every single flagship company in China, there's a Communist Party of China office 
also right next to the CEO's office. Yeah. That's not going to change. And this is all the while while they're stealing secrets from Elon Musk and all the way to, you know, Steve Jobs. Mm. That's not going to change. So I'm highly skeptical. I think we should keep the pedal to the metal against them. Luke, what do you think? Was this a step in the right direction? It's, it's a win politically for Trump, with especially with the agriculture um, concessions, due to the fact that we know that areas in Iowa that have been really affected by those uh, is where Trump support has kind of waned, and so that's a really good boost. I mean, I was talking to an investor in in a, a new invention, and they were looking at manufacturing in China, and going over there, realizing that every time you build a plant to manufacture something. China will literally build yes. a plant right next to you, yep. and they will literally take the workers who work in this plant, and they will work here for a shift, and then move over next door. Wow. And so basically, these companies build into their projections the reality that within two to three years, they will have completely stolen that entire product, mm -hmm. and they know that going into China, yes. right? And so it's a and real those problem. companies will get subsidies where the American company won't. Yes. So they will outperform them easily with their stolen methods and product. It's yeah. insane. It's really crazy, and I think that the IP level uh, intellectual property that we have stolen is a major issue. And to Jason's point, the question is, are they really going to follow through with that? Because it'd be a huge win for American intellectual property, but it's yeah. that's the sticking point. Yeah. Peter, what do you think? Well, you know, I, um, I, th I think people are, are kind of starting to realize just how much of a, of a stranglehold China really yeah. does have over a lot of our, our industries. And, you know, um, uh, to, to his point, it, China has never been committed to free trade. China's been committed to, to China, yeah, and you know, it, yes. and it's not at all free when when you're saying you can come here, but I'm going to steal all your stuff. Right, it, it's, it's it's piracy. Yeah, you know, um, and, and so I, I think it's, it's been much needed to finally show China where we're, we're serious about pushing mm -hmm. back. Hopefully, you know, like I said, you, you can't know for sure, but hopefully, this trade agreement is a first step in kind of you know at right. least getting a more even playing field. Yeah. Just the last point on that is um, there was a story out that came out last week uh, the, the world debt, debt worldwide, just set a record. And what was it, like $260 trillion Jeez. or something? It was insane. Oh, yeah. come on. Drop in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the biggest uh, risers in debt, one of the biggest you know people, uh, mm -hmm. countries within that, was China. Yeah. They are hurting right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think that they, they've borrowed and borrowed and borrowed yeah. um, to make up since 2008 financial crisis. Yes, their economy is still growing at a pace, but they are screwed now with debt. Um, they've got a lot of problems. They've got a lot more to lose than we do. Um, so, I, I, again, I just want to say, I hope that the... I don't think it's not in the president's nature to give in to China. That's just not that's just not in his nature. So mm -hmm. I, I have I have faith that he and what's his trade? Was it Cudlow Ludlow? Larry Cudlow. Larry Cudlow. Cudlow. Yeah, he and Larry Cudlow. I have a faith they know what they're doing on this. Yeah. So I hope that they keep pressure on. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's poll question: Who was the biggest loser in the Democratic debate? <laughs> Eighty-seven percent of you said the Democratic Party. Oh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, not even closely followed at six point three percent. Bernie Sanders at three percent, and Joe Biden at three percent. Well, the Democratic Party, you are the biggest loser. Goodbye. Today's poll question: Who was? No, that's not today's poll question. Where's today's poll question? I don't have it. Elizabeth Warren accused Bernie Sanders of telling her a woman can't win the presidency. Bernie denied it. What? Who do you think is lying? Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or <laughs> both? I don't know how both of them could be lying. He either said it or he didn't. Uh, but you know, I mean, I'm sure they are. I mean, they are all liars. Politicians are all liars. But in this case, I think it was Bernie's telling the truth on this one. I. I, I He's on video from what? Like. Yeah. 
uh, I don't know, 1901, <laughs> saying he thinks that a woman could be president. Like, he's been very open about believing that a woman could be president. Yeah, well, it's, it's obvious who the liar is, the liar, liar that's been caught multiple times already. She's mm-hmm. so full of crap. Yeah, and I, I'm... I never would have said I'd be in Bernie's corner on something, but I am on this. this uh, thanks, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot for and that. Bernie. Really <laughs> uh, you guys agree, right? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, Warren. It's... But we also probably agree that both is going to win the Twitter poll. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, it's, but that's not possible. That's okay. They'll just go, he lied about something. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I will say, we talked about this on the show, I think yesterday, uh, maybe the day before, but it is possible that he said something that was sort of like that, mm-hmm. but they changed Listed. it, right? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They spun it to just be a woman can't win. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's much more likely he said something to the extent of, oh, you know, Trump might use the fact that you're a woman against you. Right. But that's not at all saying, oh, a woman can't win. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, again, who knows? Maybe, maybe he did, but... But, he you also know. could have just said, hey, I'm outperforming you in every single poll. I'm probably in a better position. And she said, oh, just because I'm a woman? Just because I'm a Native American? <laughs> <laughs> Those women, they're terrible. Uh, let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us, as always. Sir. We'll see you tomorrow. It was my pleasure. No, no, thank you. Okay, go ahead. It's all of our pleasures. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.